0: Episode 89 of Sound Pollution featuring the Prospectors, a very cool duo from the Netherlands with a unique sound, and we were totally excited to have them on the show. We are going to be discussing their group dynamic, how they got together, how they came up with their sound, inspirations, favorite composers, and why drummers are so hard to find. They will also be sharing two of their tracks with us and discussing the stories behind them. This week, I don't have my wonderful co-host with me, but no worries, your Uncle Brent will return soon. Make sure you click those links below to show these guys some love and affection. Also, we need you to keep downloading and sharing Sound Pollution. Hello. Hi, how are, how are you? All
1: right. How are you?
0: I'm doing okay. It's early.
1: Yeah, it's like uh, four and a half through of here, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've been up an hour, Are you? What part of Germany are you guys in? It says that you're in Germany. Is it wrong? Uh,
2: Uh, yeah, not exactly Germany.
1: Well, it's it's more or less German, but uh, it's Dutch.
2: Yeah, Netherlands.
0: Okay, that's actually somewhere I wanted to go.
2: You should just come to visit uh, Utrecht. It's the best city in the country. Yeah, and it's the one you will never see on the tourist uh, stuff. Isn't
0: it funny how that is? It's the best stuff is the stuff that you have to, like, find out through a friend of a friend of a friend.
1: What happens with the Netherlands is that people mistake Amsterdam for the entire country.
0: Right, it's not.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) but like most tourists don't even, they never leave the city. But, uh, yeah, there's much more out there.
0: What do you like about it?
1: Utrecht? Well, it's the fourth city of Netherlands. Mm -hmm. But uh, it sort of has the balance with, like, um, yeah, like a smaller city. Type uh, city center, so it's not too big, not too massive, but still there's a lot of stuff to do because there are many people living here.
2: So it's sort of that balance between uh, a regular-sized city and a big city, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty much uh, a center of history as well. Um, I mean, indeed, the the size is not uh, it's not the big tourist attraction, so it leaves it kind of unspoiled as well. But there's still a lot of history to be uh, to be tasted here, which is also something I like. The city was founded
1: 2,000 years ago by the Romans. It was like the northernmost fortress of the Roman Empire. And then later, like around 1300, 1400, this is also where the Union van Utrecht was signed. Uh, And like basically the the country was started. So yeah, both uh, history and just Dutch history.
0: So why don't you guys introduce yourselves and tell me a little bit about the group
2: we're prospective and we're well actually at the moment we're two of us um not uh, we don't have a a, a drummer uh, as of yet um we've worked with a with a session guy uh, for the album um so uh we started this band in 2015 if i'm correct uh wanting to explore, uh, well, more different uh, soundscapes than we were used to uh, with uh, the main events, where we have been uh, involved in the time. Um, if you are, Johnny. Yeah, so
1: uh, basically we started out, uh, we want to do something instrumental, which is uh, as a pre-piece. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of times when you're at five people on stage, like there's constantly so much going on, there's very little room for improvisation or putting your own sort of, uh thing into it so for example if you're a bass player which i'm not but
2: which
0: the I is, <laughs> yeah. okay uh, i was gonna say who plays what no, we'll go back to that
1: in a second but basically so for example if you're a bass player and you have two guitars going uh all the time and there's continuous blast beats etc there's not a lot of room to do anything basically besides just play along and the same goes if you have two guitars you can't really besides maybe some lead lines or rips or whatever there's not a lot you can do with uh, small variations, stuff like that. So the idea was to have a group with just three instruments as a basis, uh, no vocals, leave a lot more room to experiment, try
2: new stuff, uh, that basically. Yeah, yeah. And well, needless to say, we we mostly have a, a background in black metal, so that uh, further accelerates the point. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's not, there's not too much space, uh, well, depending on what kind of style you do anyway, but yeah, it started out uh, as that kind of experiment, and uh, well, we have been working uh, for quite some years to uh, well, to present uh, finally uh, the album we have out now.
0: And the name of that album is
2: uh, Proven of
0: Awesome, awesome. So, how long ha- so you've been playing together, kind of since twenty fifteen? How long have you guys been playing music separately? Like, how wh- when did you? St- pick up your instruments for the first time?
1: Uh, well, actually, we've, we've been playing together longer than that. In oh, ones. sorry. So I think like from 2020 was the first time we played in the same time t- oh, in
2: yeah, yeah. Okay, so 2009. Yeah, I think uh, we, we started out in some random black metal outfit. Um, That's a yeah, long time
0: pick, to play together. You guys must feel more yeah. like family now than bandmates.
2: Yeah, kind of it is and it's it's always toys it has been in, in different uh, types of bands as well uh, various uh, various black metal bands mostly some death metal and what have you um by the way I find it funny that
1: Americans always uh compare stuff to family
0: yeah like, it's, it's always, a big family thing something
1: that never, that never happens when you're in the Netflix really yeah huh. I noticed that I just thought I'd, I'd uh, hmm.
0: i wonder i wonder why that is though no seriously i've never thought about that
1: uh i don't know well i think maybe but this is pure speculation uh like in the united states families tend to live a bit further apart from each other uh yeah
0: we're far away
1: yeah like within one hour's drive i can visit all my aunts uh uh cousins everything basically uncles yeah, so that's all within one hour drive. And I don't think that's uh, the case oh. for most families. So.
0: Yeah, I've heard that about Europe too. Like you can drive out of the country in, in like less than a day. Yeah. And yeah. and here to see my dad, I have to get on a seven hour plane trip.
2: Yeah. It's yeah, insane. It's uh, unimaginable for, uh, especially for Dutch people. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I
0: hate it. I hate it. But I mean, but my dad lives where it's really expensive. So it's just not happening. But Yeah. We have to find well, that's why americans uh, emphasize family more than. Yeah. huh <laughs> we've just had a whole c- i'm sorry uh, uh, sorry about that get back to the music i apologize it's so early
2: along <laughs> <It's laughs> oh, no, with the tangents i like them <laughs>
0: <laughs> when did well, each of start you start playing music not together but just when did you start uh, playing music is, initially
2: oh that has to be a long time ago already. Um, I think I was eight or something when I started, uh, and I actually started with uh, with keyboards, with, with synths. And I grew bored with that and then uh, got a guitar, later a bass guitar and so on and so forth. And only a few years uh, past I rediscovered uh, synthesizers actually. So yeah, quite a long time. Um, yeah, it, it always has been at some well it, it, at most points in my life it has been a part of uh, what I do, just playing music and discovering well new instruments to play. I guess um, But bands, yeah, that's that's started a bit later. Uh, actually, I think uh, yeah, two thousand and eight or something uh, when I was when i was when i was uh, a year or 18 or something like that but only when i started playing in dance before that i was just uh happy to uh well to be in my my uh, sleeping room and uh, and just playing myself <laughs>
1: i started when i was like six or seven years old playing classical at first but classical guitar i switched to electric when i was like 12 and then when i was 18 i had my first serious band well or less serious uh at the time well it grew to be more serious that's uh, put it like that and um, yeah like Matthias also said like it's been a part of my life ever since so
0: so how many years altogether have you each been playing I'm trying I'm not trying to make you say your age I'm just trying to figure out for the listeners how long you've <laughs> well been
1: I started in 1997 when I was six or seven so that's uh 15 years now oh
0: wow that's a long time for no. an instrument actually
1: I'm bad at 25 <laughs> <years. Yeah. laughs> he's Like he's, he's like, I'm just right? taking some of
0: that away. <laughs>
1: so yesterday I've been putting together kitchen cabinets all day, and then I went off, <laughs> and then this morning I was putting kitchen cabinets again, and then I was playing squash, and I'm tired. So maybe if I'm saying ridiculous stuff, don't play. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. I, yeah, I've been awake well, for an hour, so don't feel bad. <laughs> all,
2: right, all right, no, but like uh, around 25 years, uh, yeah. Yeah, actually, it's the same for me. I'm uh, I'm two years older, and I started two years later. <laughs> but uh, for me, it, it always have been uh, well different instruments uh, throughout the time. So um, I think he was more focused uh, solely on guitar for this entire time.
0: Okay, so so why did you guys get together to make to make the prospect? What was the um, thought behind that? Did you just want to jam, or was there just no, I want to do this specific thing. How
1: did well, it, it sort of started out with um, like there's this American band, the old octopus. Do you know it? No. Okay, but like we were, uh, we found out about them and we were really excited about it. Okay. And then we were sort of like trying, oh, let's try to make something as weird as that. And then we sort of uh, wrote one thing, like a minute, minute and a half maybe. And then after that for a while we didn't really do anything and then uh, after a while it was like oh let's try to do something like that again and then sort of changed the style a bit and then throughout the years I mean as Matthias said we started 2015 quite a long time to take for uh to write one album so throughout the years we sort of changed uh the style a bit uh, made it more uh our own thing and that's basically how it started so it was without any thought or idea behind it just like oh this is a cool band, let's try to sort of experiment try something similar and then we wrote one little thing and then from that the
2: rest just uh followed basically yeah so, i think there was some kind of incentive at least in the in the sense that we both uh, knew from each other that we liked uh music it was a bit out there a bit different uh and some some uh 20th uh, century um uh, classical composers, stuff like that, that most of our other bandmates uh, in our bands at the time didn't like. So that was kind of what maybe, it it might not have been the exact incentive to it, but it kept it going, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was this shared interest that, uh, well, that we could uh, uh, eventually push into the music as well. Yeah, so at some point we
1: sort of decided like, okay, this is going to be more than just uh, a random thing. Let's actually try to make it a band. And then we sort of discussed like, okay, what do we want to do with it? And usually, when you have like four or five people in a band, there's always one person saying, uh, "I don't like this," because the more people you get together, the, the bigger chance that somebody won't like something. For sure. Yeah. So basically, we said like as a starting point. So uh, this this band's about experimentation, trying new stuff. So let's just be open to anything. And if we really, really try to make it something, and still is shitty, then we scratch it but in the in principle uh we try to be open for everything so that's sort of the starting point when we decide to be bad like okay let's yeah if i if i listen to something that matthias doesn't like and it somehow ends up in music in some way he'll try it i hope to so, uh, uh sort of try to make something out of it and the same is the reverse so yeah 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 that's uh an important starting point
2: yeah so yeah, yeah. Yeah, indeed. There, there are quite a lot of, uh, of types of music that's, uh, well, to just uh, piggyback on this, uh, this example, um, or with an example, actually. Um, for, for instance, the, Others minimalists, I didn't quite like right. them. This is very much into minimalist uh, composers, and, well, we work through music, and indeed, uh, over time, I, I uh, got to enjoy it a lot more as well. So it's it's also a, a way of, uh, yeah, uh, uh, exchanging musical ideas, I guess, uh, which, yeah, which band us together in the first place. Yeah, so,
1: so basically I'm more the, I like more the American uh, modern co- uh, composers, like Steve Reich or uh, John Cage or Glenn Branca, stuff like that. I mm-hmm. think he's more the European uh, guy. So yeah. He's more into uh, stuff like Ligeti or something.
2: Ben the, Ligeti. Uh, yeah.
0: Did either one of you go to school for music? Are, are you uh, guys all are you like self-taught
1: uh, when I was in uh, university I took some additional course in uh, musicology but it was just a few courses so.
0: okay yeah it yeah. sounded like you guys
2: were. yeah it's and I, I just learned a lot of um, music uh, uh, through my sister who studied musicology so that's but it's it's mostly just because um, well we're interested in it and we, we right. like to delve into it
0: who is your favorite composer each one of you Ooh, is that a hard uh, one i'm sorry
2: it's always a hard one to when i you know I'm,
0: people do the same thing i'm like uh no it's always fun to ask a musician as a one musician to another it's always an interesting conversation
1: yeah that's very true well it's always like uh what's like the, the favorite favorite like like if you ask me for my favorite piece it's probably uh, maybe uh stravinsky soccer du preton Oh, that's good so that was just because it was such a, a specific moment in time and uh, such an impactful piece but if you ask me in a different moment maybe I would say Beethoven because he was like the first composer chronologically that I really enjoyed like all the stuff before that Bach Handel, I mean, it's <laughs> absolutely not for me um, so yeah it really depends on when you ask me
0: and what about I mean. modern music
1: it's who, yeah, who modern, are you uh, who are
0: you inspired by that's kind of current
1: uh you mean composers or just in general
0: just in general
1: yeah well a, a lot of stuff so I love like classical music uh metal um rock uh i also listen to a lot of i don't know even singer-songwriters sometimes sometimes so um yeah i yeah. love different stuff Hard to answer <laughs> <laughs> it
0: is hard to answer i know yeah. it's almost was- like there's so much music <laughs> it's hard
1: yeah. So, for example, last week I've been listening to some stuff like uh, Death Grips, uh, Hella, Lightning mm. Bolt, uh, stuff like that. But I've also been listening to like more uh, depressive black like, metal, like Leviathan,
2: Exhorder, stuff like that. So, yeah, different things. Yeah, I finally put my thoughts together when it comes to composers. Um, I always have a thing for Johannes Baums and uh, well that's more of a classical example but when it comes to um, composers that I really like in the way how they, they shaped music I have to say Olivier Messiaen uh, French composer uh, of the 20th okay. uh, century who is a bit uh, what weird and all over the place, and he has a thing with uh, with birds. He likes to uh, to put bird songs <laughs> into into music. There, which there's a some modern really composer. Mean,
0: <laughs> there's a modern composer who does the same thing with whale songs. Like he'll he'll have like like a small little orchestra, and then you'll like hear whale sounds that have actually been recorded yeah. of how they sing to each other. And I was like, that's both cool, and I'm not high enough. <laughs> well, the, the, I, I guess the, the influence
2: of uh, messian on uh, on other composers, I guess. Yeah, so, but, but like how you know there in, in, when it comes to 20th century uh, classical composers, there is these, there are a lot of that are a bit pretentious, you could say. and Messian was quite the contrary. He just had a weird way of, of envisioning music and just put it out there that's, that's I really like that uh, the character of his <laughs>
0: So let's talk about one of the songs that you released on that album. Let's talk about um, Obsidious Veins. How did that song come to be?
1: Well, actually, the uh, title is also a bit like uh, a hidden reference. Yes. So th- nice. there's this, this uh, band from New York called Orchidon, uh with Mick Barr. I don't know if you know him.
0: Mm-mm. I'm a little bit uh, out. though. But anyway, they have this record
1: that's called OV, just O-V, two letters. And we, uh, sort of made the song title also like Obsidious Veins. It's the same okay. starting letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's like a hidden reference, but like we started out with, uh, w- with something. Let's do something in this vein. And then we started and then it changed into different things. And, uh,
2: yeah, but that, that was kind of the starting point. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing because there is actually this, this kind of, uh, story with, with hidden, uh, <laughs> hidden backgrounds uh, behind it. Yeah. Yeah, what can I add? Um, usually it's, it starts somewhere and then it's it develops organically over time, that is, like over uh, different mm-hmm. recordings. And it was the same with this one, because I think we, we changed it quite a lot. From Yeah, so, 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 so um, it doesn't have a lot
1: of repetition, as in stuff repeats, but if it's done the first time, it's not coming back after that.
0: Okay. So it's not like
1: an A B A B. It's just like A B C D. Just goes on with a different thing all the time. Yeah, uh, were Discussing uh, earlier, like uh, room for developing uh, themes and ideas. So what I think is a good example here is um uh, the song sort of builds up a lot, uh, but the guitar does just a few chords all the time, and the bass and drums do a lot of different things going on, uh, and that really builds the tension. So that's an example I think of uh what we were talking about earlier like how can you use the room you have if you only have one guitar and no vocals to uh develop a one idea into this whole big thing basically uh and another thing in this specific song that's maybe uh well it's an old song, but we, we asked the drummer not to use the whole bass uh basically so he only used oh. one kick drum here and i think because this is one of the more intense songs on the album it's really noticeable if you uh Listen closely to the drums. Like that, there, there's no double bass anywhere, even though it gets quite chaotic and busy.
0: So you have a quote on your bandcamp page that I found really interesting by Nietzsche. Could you tell me about if that influenced your music, that whole quote about listening to a theme or melody and isolating it?
1: Well, I think it's more the reverse. So there's an idea we've had and then we uh, read it and we're like, hey, this is what we are sort of thinking have. Not saying that we have the same uh, level of ideas as Nietzsche, but uh, it just, we read it. I was like, yeah, this is sort of what we uh, unconsciously were thinking. So uh, there's like some types of music that's really easy to listen to and enjoy. But after a while, you can get bored of it pretty quickly. Uh, and there's like music or art in general where you have to really uh, make an effort to like it, basically. Mm-hmm. But if you make the effort, then it stays with you longer and you get more uh, sort of fulfillment or enjoyment or whatever you would call it out of it at least that's my experience and this quote sort of describes that so if you come across something then you uh, that's complex or maybe multi-layered or whatever uh try to actually uh listen to it a bunch of times then you will recognize this one melody they will recognize something like that etc etc etc
2: until you're used to it you can't, and you can and you can't understand why it would ever be weird basically yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like it's, yeah. it's always delving deeper and uh, finding uh, new things about it and that way, uh, yeah, getting more to enjoy out of it, I guess.
1: Yeah, so we were thinking about this, like, uh, why we both like this type of music, and then we came across the quote, uh, says a lot more elegantly what mm-hmm. we were thinking, uh, mm-hmm. so that's why, yeah, we thought it was applicable to music, so.
0: That's an interesting idea. How would you describe your music to somebody who hasn't heard it before?
1: uh depends on the uh, the person and the reference uh, <laughs> so usually like if i know somebody likes a, a certain background of music then i would say it's like this but a bit more to
2: that side but it really depends on the person yeah i i, I guess i would start with like um it's music that starts with a, a like a theor- theoretical background or a theoretical idea and we try to make it lively and uh, accessible for music so it's yeah it's a bit of an art form though i don't yeah, I wouldn't say it if, if I want to describe that or music to to some people because it sounds a bit uh, like oh look at us we're making art um, yeah <laughs> but yeah <laughs> it's it's like both abstract and and organic but uh, mm-hmm. well, for example so uh to one person I will maybe uh
1: taking crimson as a starting point mm-hmm they're more into like the classic rock type stuff or pro- progressive uh rock then i would sort of start with that if it's somebody who's more into classical music i would uh, start with a theoretical uh, story about how we uh, write the music if it's somebody who's more into metal i would say well it has black metal elements but it's uh we listen it and it's instrumental so it really depends on uh, your frame of reference uh
2: how i would describe it i guess mm-hmm. yeah i guess i'm not too trying to describe, uh, well, uh, You just put it on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can try to describe some, but that's, that's it's hard. hard. Yeah. yeah and, and you never know what, what people might, might get out of it. What, what they might hear in it. Indeed, depending on their framework of reference. So I, I tend to just focus on, uh, like how the music, uh, came into being and then, well, judge for yourselves. Because, yeah, I find it hard to to draw uh, comparisons to to existing uh, or to uh, well, yeah, just uh, generally known uh, bands and artists.
0: Have you guys been able to find a new drummer or is finding a drummer hard? I was thinking about that when you told me. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Well, uh,
1: we were telling earlier about how the Netherlands, mm-hmm. you, you get everywhere mm-hmm. really quickly. Uh-huh. It's one of the densest populated countries, uh, or maybe the most densely populated country in the Net- in Europe. Yeah, in Europe, um, yes. But but an uh, unfortunate consequence of that is that there aren't too many drummers because, you know, if everybody's living in uh, close, close together, it's hard to make a lot of noise. Oh,
0: you know so, what? Um, I never would have thought of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, like, like really, even for like, because uh, how
0: do you practice?
1: Well, a practice spaces, or you have to have a big house, or you have to insulate your uh, room a lot, uh, or make or just the...
0: kiss for, the for neighbors' example, ass. Neighbors.
1: <laughs> no, for example, you know, I've had uh, when I was in high school, I was playing with drummers, and they would know that uh, during the day their neighbors would be at work, and they made right. like uh, sort of a schedule when can I play and when can't I play stuff like that. But it's really a hassle. So usually, um, so for example, the drummer I've played with the most, is in like six or seven bands at any given time usually. Oh so it's really a hassle. Just
2: mm-hmm. even it's, if it's like more normal music, more middle of the road, it's really hard to find drums anyway. Yeah, so they're a rare commodity really. Um, and then, well, if Especially if you, a good one. And especially if you want to, to make music that's kind of pushing the boundaries a bit, it's it's even harder to guess. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so, well, if yeah. it makes you feel
0: any better, we have a hard time finding drummers here, too. And I never <laughs> thought of that being part of why. And we're not as anywhere near densely populated. I mean, we, you know, like L.A. and New York, places like that. But it, the mm. city that I live in is considered a quote unquote big city. But it has all these suburby areas where there's a little bit more spacing but it's a common thing I hear it's very hard to find a good drummer and I never thought about that maybe being why
2: you just enlightened me
0: well I have a couple (laughs) friends that are drummers and they always get mad at us (laughs) because we're like fucking drummers man (laughs) and he's Mm -hmm. like you aren't very nice and we're like well they're hard to find and sometimes when we find it you don't want it
1: yeah and we just keep searching and uh (laughs) yeah Yes. yeah i think we've asked like uh, seven or eight drummers by now but uh, oh my goodness
2: too busy or whatever and, uh, yeah 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 exactly and uh, for now indeed uh we might uh work a bit more with them get to lay down their album um yeah he, he's he's well he's willing to to do a few few shows if, if it comes out so that's, that helps a bit, um, but then yeah, we we do want uh, a drummer to be part of, uh, of the lineup and well, to actually be a three piece and, uh, and create music together.
0: Well, you know, this is going to be out in like two weeks. Do you want to say what kind of drummer you're looking for right now? Kind of throw that uh, in there for you.
2: Preferably one that lives in the Netherlands. Obviously, <laughs> know, yes. The yes. audience is uh, across the Atlantic uh, as well.
0: Please but- don't be in America. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that would be helpful, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we don't have to uh, to schedule like uh, seven hour flights over the Atlantic to uh, to rehearse. Yeah. No, but basically, um,
1: yeah, just listen to the music, and if you think that that you have something to add to it, or that you uh, like it, or whatever. Um, like, it doesn't have to be exactly the style we have uh, on the record. So we mm-hmm. want really uh, somebody who can add his own flavor to it, his own sort of thing. Uh, so we also asked people on the plate when we asked him to play uh, on the album. Like, we wrote drum parts, but if you want to change anything, uh, well, there are a few exceptions, a few parts that have to be specific. But, like, mm-hmm. in general, if you want to change stuff, add stuff, uh, be our guest and just try it, you know? And he did that quite a lot as well, which really um, yeah, helped the album get to, uh, yeah, basically a, a next level um, because I have my own tendencies, maybe unconscious in my guitar uh, playing, but also when I write drums, but the other is the same. And together you have some sort of perspective that you get stuck in at some point. And then when there's a third person who has his own ideas, his own perspective, that's always welcome. So yeah, basically for a drummer, if it's just somebody who likes the music and thinks he has something to or she has something uh interesting to add, then uh we're, we're willing to uh see if it works or not. So
0: okay. So let's talk about uh the other song you sent. Let's which is the one I really, really liked. And I feel like it's such a long name. I'm gonna fuck it up just because it's a long name. Monolithic structures. Let's talk about that track. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really liked the overall vibe of that. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the writing process behind that?
2: Well, incidentally, um, the opening part of uh, monolithic structures is the very first thing we ever wrote for Prospectus back in uh, 2015. Uh, Yeah, that's that's kind of uh, (laughs) that kind of uh, lays bare where we where we came from. Like this, this, this this weird trade off with with notes between the, the guitar and the bass. Um, so yeah, it's it, it has a, a nice historic <laughs> vibe to it in that sense. Um, but from there, yeah, uh, I think um, because we only kept the first part of it and then we, we broke it down and uh, and created an entirely different song
0: uh,
2: out of uh, out of the rubble.
0: Um, so it's like you you constructed then deconstructed and then constructed yes again. yes and it's it's very
2: audible in that song at least well maybe for us uh and for the for the people that heard the, the first uh, our first well uh attempts <laughs> at, at writing uh music for prospectors Um. yeah but uh, the the intro of it still is reminiscent of that uh so that's a part i really like uh and I think we also we worked with uh, tunnel clusters in this um, mm-hmm. later on.
0: Um, I'm sorry, you yeah, worked the, with you worked with what?
2: tunnel clusters, like uh, clusters of uh, of notes uh, like a and that are right next a together. Notes.
1: Yeah okay. So usually when you play a chord, you play notes that are uh, a bit a little bit apart, so you get like uh, well, sort of a nice. Uh, harmony when we play a tonal mm-hmm. cluster basically uh right next to each other so it sounds really uh dissonant
2: yeah just like the, the, the keyboard smash on, on a piano or something like that <laughs> that's basically the starting point but then try to make it musical or enjoyable or uh, giving it some kind of fun with it that's where, where, what we started with um
1: well, what i think for me is the most interesting part about the song is that it starts really um specific and regimented like you, yes you, you can't really change uh any note in time or whatever because then the entire thing will sort of fall, fall uh fall apart and then it sort of moves at the end to a really free almost jamming type stuff with just melodies and bass lines and uh and i think that's the most interesting part of the song that's sort of this uh transformation halfway through the
2: song yeah, yeah. so that to me is the I mean, that's the most interesting part about the song. It's also just like, um, especially in the end, there's so, so much going on with just three instruments. I think
0: it's, I, that it's- was exactly what I was going to say is especially with that track. And there was another track, but I can't remember which one it was because I listened to everything on your band camp. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't just sound like three instruments. It was very, very full. How did you pull that off?
2: Well, that's that's the the magic, I guess, of the room. Every uh, single instrument has, uh, at least, mm-hmm. when when, I, when it comes to bass lines, for instance, I uh, especially in monolithic structures. I don't think there's a there's a lot of repetition there. It's just mm-hmm. moving uh, on uh, through through well melodic bass lines, actually, um, and every instrument has has its own um, its own spaces to. To shine basically um yeah so th- it's, i don't know how it's how it should work because it's it's basically st- uh, only three instruments uh, all the time um but here it's more apparent i think uh, than than other yeah. sounds I, I think it's a few
1: other elements as well so um one thing that's important is like the bass sound uh we really try to True. make it really um uh clear what the bass was doing so yeah. in a lot of metal music it's just basically frequency filler as i would usually call it uh, so you hear that something's going on and like low frequencies are covered but you don't really hear what's actually happening so the fact that you can hear that uh, the bass is doing something uh clearly that that's like uh an added thing we also tried sort of to do uh well it's basically a sort of tricks you know if there's like a sort of empty part melodically or, or with the drums we try to add uh, big crashes just to fill it up. If you know, hey, there's low bass line here, then you can sort of do a bit less with other instruments. So we t- really tried with tricks like that to
2: uh, look at the thing as a whole as well. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's trading off in a sense. Uh, well, yeah. really getting, making space for the other instruments. And maybe that's his, that is why it gets dynamic, because they kind of flow through each other as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the sense that when the guitar backs up a bit, uh, there's room for bass. And when the bass backs up a bit, there's room for maybe drums or guitar. So it's it's like a, well, how do you call that? Like a left. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I like how you describe yeah. not only the notes and the sound, but the absence of sound and how that leaves room for other sound. How, I mean, that is, that is. I mean, it brings you back definitely to like classical composers and early experimental composers. Mm -hmm. something I like to ask, um, mm-hmm. what advice would you give to somebody who wanted to write and play this genre of music?
1: Well, I would say just uh, write something and then try to keep listening to it and uh, see how you want to change it. Like, uh, because it's not uh, what you would usually do. Like like if you want to learn um, a regular singer-songwriter type, type song, like more poppy then there's really like specific structures or chord progressions that you can learn that work uh, or don't work. Well, this type of music the point is sort of to do something that is not set in stone, basically. So the only way to learn to do that is just to do it and then see what you like about it or you don't like and change it or start again.
2: Um, but to me, that's the only way to sort of get good at it. Yeah, and, and don't try to be too uh, too hard to be original like that. I think it's it's sometimes better to just... Play with what, whatever you you feel is is good, and just try it out. And you can always later deconstruct. I think, maybe, yeah, I think I I I'll, uh, I'll agree with you on that. It's it's constructing mm-hmm. and deconstructing where where you get to the the core of what you try to um, achieve uh, through music or through experimental music and and experiment with that, of course. Yeah and yeah. try to uh limit yourself a bit so especially <laughs> if you're
1: more if, one. yeah if you're more into progressive type uh, music like uh a lot of bands and artists tend to just add keywords and add layers of stuff and like, like that doesn't make the b- basic idea better it maybe yeah. just uh, obscures what's going on so try to have a good idea first and then if that works you can add stuff later but start with a good idea and don't think Okay, I'm just gonna start with ten layers of keywords and stuff, and then
2: see if it's nice enough. Because that's just noise filling it up. But yeah, this is Melist speaking, and he is entirely right. <laughs>
0: yeah, he is very right. I think, and I think that's true with any type of music. You know, don't overthink it. Don't do too much. You know, yeah. even with a singer songwriter, just start with the lyrics and the guitar, and you kind of go from there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it, it's also not not start with like an, an endpoint already inside. Just, just try to move there naturally. Uh, just like uh, yeah, don't try to be too hard to uh, to be to sound experimental or to yeah to just stop everything uh, with uh, tons of uh, of layers. Just start from the core or or try to find it at first.
0: Ooh, I like that. Start from the core. Try to find it. Where can my listeners find your music?
1: uh bandcamp.com okay. that's the uh, place so that's
0: the only is that the only place you are
1: we're also on spotify and stuff like that but we like um we prefer a band camp because it's actually um just aimed at the relation between a, a band and the listener like with okay. spotify and all these other platforms there's so much other stuff going on. like it's no, I know. if you want to listen to music go to the source and don't go to yeah know,
0: exactly can people find you on facebook
1: uh, yeah, there it's also Post Practice NL, so facebook.com slash NL. Okay, cool.
0: Uh-huh. There's this mother
1: sitting here, ah. who's the PR, PR guy. He will definitely have like three or four
2: talking points ready. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah, we're not like that. No, no. <laughs> uh, people can find a music and if they like it, it's great. That's, uh, that's basically it. No. Uh, we, we, we will make it no matter what anyway. So it's, it's also our uh, enjoyment. To, yeah. uh, oh, to put our time and, and money into uh, creating this music. If, if there's people out there that's, that really resonate with it, that's, that's cool. And Yeah, and this is really about
1: uh, trying new things with this band. So it doesn't have to be, as Matthias said, like overly uh, out there or whatever, but just to try it in a different way. So for example, we're writing songs now and we have one where I'm just uh, writing uh, stuff, on a piece of paper, and sending it in the mail, like physically to Matthias and then he, he does something with it and he sends a piece of mail back so we've never actually played yeah. this together or anything or uh, programmed it but just on a piece of paper sending something back and forth yeah. like like it's ridiculous it doesn't do anything but it's I mean it does something in the end but uh just as a way to try something new and okay i've written 10 songs in my life and now i've got to do 11 i'm going to do it differently that's the sort of that uh state of
2: mind so yeah really really making yeah. the process part of uh <laughs> of the song in that sense that and you yeah. know we don't know what's gonna what, what's going to come out of that but yeah well yeah when, when we started we also didn't know how the songs would develop that's i think it always keeps it exciting to to work on, on prospectors and to just or reshape songs constantly we, we don't know precisely how it's gonna uh, pan out that's that's something that really uh well that, that keeps uh, that keeps us going here yeah.
0: i love that i wonder if i could try that with someone here
1: i started off with uh writing like uh, how many words eight like eight rhythms like one or two bars just mm-hmm. eight rhythms on a piece of paper and then without
2: notes or anything just the rhythm that's basically how it started so yeah it's yeah and, and it's it's always exciting because you never know what's, what what will be the follow-up has yeah, he uh,
0: has he s- has know. has he sent you anything that you were like what the fuck am i supposed to do
2: with oh, this the, the <laughs> last, yeah but but the thing is and it's always it's it's really open to interpretation a lot the right. last i received was a, a, a whole bunch of uh of, of uh, numbers uh, so, well, I know what I can do with numbers, but there is obviously no context at all. And right. Okay, let's see what, what where to start. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, <laughs> but it, that's more interesting because it's, it is interesting. Uh, it, it just, it, it tickles your in- imagination and well, let's see what we can make out of it. And he obviously doesn't know what what I will send back. I haven't replied yet. but mm-hmm. And will, has,
0: uh, has he replied with anything to you that made you be like, oh, he threw me a curveball?
2: well he's a bit late oh <laughs> i have to admit you're the
0: procrastinator in the group
2: yes uh, very much uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> it's very there's true.
0: one in every band yeah, yeah there is. I
1: mean, yeah. This is a two-person band so yeah I can
0: so, so you're gonna have to get it together i think is what we're saying <laughs> just a little Yeah, bit. yeah yeah <laughs>
2: It's, uh, it, I think, for me, the process is more not not oh I have all this information now I have to put it together and just for some reason it will work, work out. So uh, I think something really interesting will come out of uh, of the letters. <laughs>
0: I let I I end up like waiting until almost the last minute to write something, and I seem to do better that way. If like there's just a little bit of pressure, not too much, not enough to give me a panic attack, but just enough to be like you have a deadline. And it, it works yes. the same with the podcast. So you're the—that's interesting. And and then my, you know, Brent, who's not here, he's he's very different. He's like everything's scheduled, and he's always on top of it. And I'm the one over here who's like squirrel, and just something shiny caught my attention. Sorry. I don't, yeah, know, how he, I think... I don't know how he puts <laughs> up with me.
1: So, so, <laughs> so usually I plan stuff, and I just yeah. Tell
2: Matthias you have to be there at this time, and I'm yeah, sure. So, yeah, and so. I, and I'm indeed the the deadline worker. Uh, I need. To, I get a lot of stuff done uh, mm-hmm. at the point that it needs to be done. but Exactly. It's a hassle to get there. Uh, so to so this dynamic you described, yes, this is very <laughs> relatable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's sad is that I'm the boss. I'm the one who started the show. I'm the one who brought him on. And I'm the one who's like, I'm so stressed out at the very end because I will, It's it's too, like there's a lot, there's a lot. And I just, a little bit of pressure. To the to the coal turns it into a diamond. That's what I like to say. But I know he's sitting over there, like just get it the fuck it done. I need you to finish. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, and, it's, and it's, it's good to have that, this, this kind of pressure. Uh, yeah. Yes, it, it helped me through uh, some some uh, I think some pre productions we we did uh, over the years. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: As long as this this dynamic keeps uh, keeps working, uh, and it, it does it does work really well, I'd say. You, I uh, would say
0: you guys have been playing together for a while, for a very long while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, thank you yeah. for making okay. time on us. Thank you so much for joining me today for episode 89, and I would like to thank the prospectors again for being on the show. Make sure you click those links below to show them some love. Make sure you are purchasing their tracks from Bandcamp and following them on Facebook. Also, please keep downloading the episodes for us. It really does make a difference over time. We are seeing those small bumps, and we really appreciate your help. For those of you who don't know, I was interviewed for Dark Stereo. So if you haven't read that interview yet, the link is in the description section below. That is all for this week. Remember to get out there and make some noise.